4 o'clock is the Sunday school program, right? So it's a big day of practice. That's why the altar looks different. Did you notice that? They took the regular altar off, and we just have that smaller table so we can move it so you guys can practice in a little while. But first, I have a picture for you, okay? And uh, for everybody in the congregation who can't see it, this is a picture by a painting by Edward Hicks. He painted it about in 1834. That was quite a while ago, and it's called The Peaceable Kingdom. Megan, come on over here so you can see my picture. This picture is based on what we heard uh, your mom, Timothy, read in Isaiah this morning about how the lamb will lay down with the lion and the wolf and the ox and a little child. And there was one part where the little, yeah, you heard that part, right? So do you see some of those animals? What animals do you see in my picture? Oxen, I think so. What else do you see? Let's see. What do you think that is? Lion. What's, what's that? A tiger. Now, a, a jaguar, leopard. Yep, oxen. Now, here, I'm going to let you look real close. I tried to figure out what this animal was, and I asked everybody at church, what's that one? Oh, there's a, you're, you're right. What do you think? You guys all have to look this up. Peaceable Kingdom, Edward Hicks, and you figure out what that front and center animal is. Yeah, we're not sure. But the point of the picture is that we've got farm animals and wild animals together. Now, that normally can't happen, can it? But Isaiah, the prophet, gives us this vision where it could happen, where animals, even if they're wild or they're domesticated farm animals like cats and dogs, they could still be together and that you could play with them and not get hurt. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, I'm going to show you one other thing. Way back here in this corner, what do you see? People. Yeah, do you see what kinds of folks they are? Yes, Indians, Native Americans, and settlers. So if you remember, again, he wrote this about, or painted this about 1834. And during that time, we were at war in a lot of places in our country with Native Americans and driving them from our lands, their lands, really, and, and, uh, and just struggling. And um, we still struggle today, even. And so he put that in the painting, too, to remind us that whether we're animals and people or just people who can't get along, someday there will be peace on this earth and we will all get along. Do you believe it? It's sometimes hard to believe, but yes, that's what we believe and hope for, that we can get along, that someday there will be peace. So what I have for you is a blank piece of paper because if you want, and some pencils, I, while the sermon goes on, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about peace. But uh, I'm going to have you, if you are willing, draw your own picture of what peace would look like. Maybe your own animals that can get along, or maybe people who are getting along. And if you're not much of a drawer, but you like to like write, well, doodle. Do you know what doodle means? Yeah, doodle the word peace. But I just invite you to think about what peace might look like in the world if we all were at peace and draw a picture for it. And then, if you will, let me see what your picture looks like after church, okay? All right. I'll let you go back. Thank you. Here, for those of you in the front row, right? I should have. I'm not always thinking. 
as you can tell. But Edward Hicks, The Peaceable Kingdom, it's really easy to find. And as soon as you saw it, you would know that as well. It would look familiar to you. But let's go back to the gospel for a moment where we heard John the Baptist, right, out there in Judea. And what was he yelling? Repent! Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is coming near. Repent. Repent. Now, when we hear that word, I think all of us probably, I know I do, we think about that word and we think, oh, I'm sorry, right? And what am I sorry for? I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Or it's a word that reminds us about what we feel guilty about or perhaps should feel guilty about. And so we think about repentance in relationship to uh, asking for forgiveness of that which we have done wrong. But really, repentance is bigger than that. Repentance is much, much more than, if I can say simply, simply asking for forgiveness. Repentance is really about changing our ways. So it's a lot harder right, than just asking for forgiveness. Repentance is about turning around. Repentance is about knowing you're on the wrong path and turning so that you can get back on the right path. And, of course, the right path is your relationship with God. Repentance is about bringing yourself back into alignment with God and doing whatever that takes, changing perhaps your mind, your heart, maybe even your whole life needs to be changed. And so that's what repentance is all about. Thomas Merton once said, we are not at peace with others because we are not at peace with ourselves. And we are not at peace with ourselves because we are not at peace with God. I'm going to say that one more time. We are not at peace with others because we are not at peace with ourselves. And we are not at peace with ourselves because we are not at peace with God. So repentance is about doing whatever it takes to be at peace with God. Repentance is about doing what we need to do, think we should do, have to do, want to do, so that we can be at peace. And when we are at peace, we will know that that is where we're at, because when the world seems like it's falling down, we will be able to say, as the psalmist does, but still, I trust in you, O Lord. To know that even when things feel like it will never be right, We trust in God and in God's work. Repentance is about not just saying, but believing and living into this belief that God has called us to be people of God, to be children of God. Repentance is about knowing that a life apart from God is really no life at all. Repentance is about learning how to listen to that still, small voice of God that will lead you in the right direction. And repentance is about learning to watch for God at work as the kingdom of heaven indeed draws near. And repentance is about understanding about how our own actions help bring the kingdom of God near. Repentance is about acting as if it matters because it does matter. So repentance, as we talked about last week, recognizes that all is not right with the world, right? We know that, that there's lots wrong in this world. But repentance is about looking at what's not right and wanting to change it. Repentance is about uh, wanting it to be better, whatever, whatever it is for you. Maybe that it for you is a relationship 
that needs to be changed. Or maybe it's struggling with an addiction. Or maybe it's how you use your time. Or maybe it's a, a, a new um, practice or a ritual that would bring more abundance in your life. Or maybe repentance for you is finding a way to better care for creation. Or it's about learning how to understand the voices that differ from yours. Or uh, working on the many places where there is injustice in this world. Whatever it is, all of it begins with a right relationship with God. That's where it starts. And so I'm going to go back and paraphrase Thomas Merton. We cannot be at peace with others if we cannot be at peace with ourselves. And we cannot be at peace with ourselves if we cannot first be at peace with God. So that's what we're going to do for just a a little bit this morning is have an opportunity to consider our own relationship with God and to move into God's presence and to consider what it is that gives us peace with God or might bring us closer to peace with God. So we've got these candles, right? And what we're going to do, I better get my candle, is light these candles. We'll light them, a reminder, in the same way that we do it on Christmas Eve, which is once your candle is lit, keep it upright. And then the person who has the unlit candle can tip theirs over. And so we'll start lighting these candles. And then what I'm going to do is invite you into, and I promise it's no more than a couple of minutes. It might seem like much more, but it's not. A couple of minutes of silence and contemplation. I'm going to give you a couple of prompts. But just an opportunity to have some silence, which is really the best way to hear God's presence and to consider what it would take to have peace with God. Now, we're doing candles for a couple of reasons. That one just doesn't want to light. There we go. Um, One is the sheer symbolism that a candle gives us, right? When we think of a candle, we are reminded of God's presence. We are reminded how Jesus Christ came into this world to be the light for the world. And so the, the flame reminds us of God's presence in the world, the light in the darkness of this world. You also will remember that we are um, called to be light ourselves. So there's this mutuality in this flame. And then the other reason is very practical. It gives us a place to focus our energy, especially when we're called to be silent and quiet because our hearts and our minds don't do that very well. And that's the other piece I want to say before we start this short practice is that this might be making some of you a little uncomfortable already, right? To be having to be quiet for a few moments. Um, And if it is, I want you to know that's just fine. God meets us wherever we are at in the midst of comfort and peace and even some discomfort sometimes. So however you are feeling in this moment is fine, but it's holy moment. And so we invite God into this time. I invite you to just uh, be in a relaxed position and focus on this candle. And what I invite you to do first is to take a minute or so and think about what dreams God might have for you? What's God's vision for you? Who is it 
that God has called you to be? What does God want you to do? And as you dream that, remember that dreaming can even be about what is impossible. Again, last week we learned that impossible just means it's going to take a while longer. So what is it God calls out of you? As you think about what God is inviting you into or what God is calling you to do or be, ask yourself, what is it you need to repent in order to move closer to that vision? What is it that you perhaps need to or want to be able to change? Or what step can you take to move closer to that peace with God? And as you close your time, your conversation with God, I invite you to just give a prayer, perhaps, of thanks for planting a seed or speaking a word or um, gratitude for God's presence or strength to move into that invitation. And upon your amen, you can blow out your candle.